Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Showboy Zavi here from TuneCreators.com, back with another episode that will help you make a regular side income with your music. So if this is something you'd like to learn how to do, then you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss anything. Now, today is a very, very special episode and it's special for two main reasons. And the first one being... This, as you will see, is my first ever video podcast interview. And by that, I mean previous podcasts that I've done uh, have all been audio only. That way you only get to hear our sexy voices, but you never get to see our pretty faces. <laughs> so, but in this particular one, you're going to see myself and the guest on screen. Now, the second reason why this is a special episode is because of the guest that I interviewed. And his name is Sam Hudson, and he's a very good friend of mine. And he's also a digital marketing strategist and an entrepreneur. And Sam is somebody that I am always going to, whenever I wanted to talk about an idea, a business idea that I have, or if I'm struggling with something in my business, and talking to Sam always helps me with clarity. You know, it gives me um, a much better idea of how to go forward with the business. And I've also been talking to Sam about this whole music venture that I am going into, the whole Tune Creators brand. And in one of our talks, yeah, we were talking about music and how artists could market themselves. And Sam brought up this whole idea of tribes, you know, and how businesses in in the business world (laughs) have used that concept to be successful. And we started, you know, just brainstorming and started talking about how artists could also use that as well to market themselves. And you know, be successful with their music. And that chat, I found that chat very, very valuable. And I agree, it could be a very, very um, awesome concept for artists to use to grow their business. And in fact, I've heard that uh, uh, some people have also been talking about or encouraging artists to do so. So I was like, you know what, Sam, this has been an awesome chat. You know, it's been very eye-opening, but it would be a shame if it's just between me and you why don't we just turn this into a podcast episode and then help more artists that way so i asked him to come on the show and he agreed being the awesome guy that he is (laughs) and that's exactly what we did and boy did he deliver on the show and as you would hear or as you'd watch if you're watching this on youtube Sam, where we talked about so much on this show there was so much value we talked about everything from what a tribe is, uh, the difference between a tribe and a fan base, how artists could actually use tribes to their own benefit. And Sam shared some really practical ideas on how you could actually go ahead and build a tribe for your own brand, which is why I like. I love practical ideas. And that's kind of like what this whole, my whole content strategy is. And anybody that's going to give me some practical tips, practical things that I could actually implement in my own uh, business, I'll take it. Anyway, I totally enjoyed my chat with Sam and I'm sure you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's dive into it. So welcome to the show, Sam. It's a pleasure having you on today. Yeah, for sure, man. Nice to see you again. Yeah, you're a hard man to, you're, you're a difficult man to get hold of. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. <laughs> well, yeah, man, like uh, crazy times at the moment. It's crazy, so, uh, man. Things going on. 
It's crazy. I mean, now in particular, it's even more crazy for musicians right now because of this whole thing has literally wiped out that industry right now, you know? So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I've actually, I was really upset. There's quite a few gigs coming up or were quite a few gigs coming up that I was really looking forward to. Um, that obviously aren't happening now. Um, I'm in the Midlands in the UK. Um, and yeah, the looks like the festival season is, is, is dead as well this year. Yeah. So yeah, I should imagine it's really tough. Um, obviously not as, not as tough on the, the big guys who, you know, play in download and places like that. But yeah, I know a lot of, uh, you know, smaller touring bands. I'm into a lot of, uh, indie punk music. Um, and those guys, you know, they, they, some of them keep the wheels turning, you know, and the lights on by, by playing lots and lots of shows. Um, yeah, and it's gonna, they're going to really struggle now. It's crazy, crazy times. Hopefully we could get back to some sort of normality sooner rather than later. But, I mean, now is a good time. Uh, for me. I've seen a lot of businesses doing more online stuff right now. And mm-hmm. if there's any good thing that I'm taking out from this is that more musicians are now thinking more online first than offline first, you know. So they've been neglecting their the online game. So now it's a good time to actually do stuff online, which is like what we're kind of like, or part of what we're going to be talking about today. But before we dive into it, I just want to give my (laughs) listeners more info about you. Because I know who you are. (laughs) Sam is uh, (laughs) awesome and stubborn. (laughs) But if you could could, uh, tell us who you are, what you do, and uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, for, for sure, man. So uh, my name's Sam Hudson. Um, I'm originally from Cardiff, but I live in, in Leicester in the East Midlands now in the UK. Um, so a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, I'm not uh, an expert in the music industry um, at all. Um, I do dabble with making my own music and I have um, played instruments and been in bands for, for a long time. Um, but I'm a marketing consultant and Traditionally, I've always worked with um, technology startups, um, specifically around digital marketing, digital marketing strategy. So, um, yeah, my my kind of expertise is in working with small startup companies um, and helping them grow um, using kind of creative ideas rather than, you know, just putting lots and lots of money into it. Um, So... That's kind of a, a really short description of my background. I guess the reason I'm on this this podcast is you know, Zabi and I know each other, um, and he was running his his ideas past me, um, and I thought it'd be really interesting to kind of approach a, approach the ideas of you know approach the idea of helping musicians um, make you know monetize their music and their activities but approaching it from a more traditional kind of digital marketing standpoint, rather than, you know, being an expert in the music industry. Um, I've had lots of discussions with people in the music industry over the years. Um, Certainly, you know, especially back maybe 10, 15 years ago when I was playing in bands a lot. Um, And the, the message they always give out is that marketing within the music industry is completely different. You know, like the normal rules don't apply. There's some sort of, you know, like, I don't know, esoteric, like wizard secrets or something that that other marketers don't know. Um, And at the time, I kind of took that for as given. 
Um, but over the years, you know, becoming, uh, you know, a marketing expert, I guess, myself, um, I haven't found any industries where marketing isn't just marketing. So it's really interesting to kind of turn that lens um, onto what you're doing um, with the podcast and the business, Zabi, and see if, you know, there's some good ideas can come out that can, can, can help some people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to our chat today. And you said something that is so, such a good point. I hear that all the time from some of the musicians and market industry people I'm talking to right now. They keep telling me it's different. It's a different industry that the music is different. And I'm thinking to myself, there's, there's no difference. It's the same. So, you know, and in my opinion, but if, if you're thinking this is different, then that is a remedy for failure right there. If you feel thinking this is different, you know? And I, I think, think that's so. one of the big problems with the industry right now. I think maybe, so I think, that, and this is just, you know, this is just my idea around it, I guess. So I think maybe pre-digitalization, um, maybe there probably was something different about it. I mean, you had to have a booking agent, who had to know the right people and you had to have, you know, you had to get on a label because if you didn't get on a label, like you weren't getting anything because producing like the hard copies of the music and getting everything done in, um, in bulk was really expensive um, and really difficult. Um, I remember the first stuff that we recorded on CD. I mean, it cost a fortune. It wasn't very good. And then, you know, we couldn't get anything printed because it cost too much money. And, like this was, and this was like back in like 2002, 2003, probably, maybe 2004. So I should imagine, you know, 90s and before, some of that stuff was true. You know, certainly before 2000, if you didn't get on a label, you had no chance of making it as a musician, unless you were like a club musician who made their living, you know, um, on the weekends, going to play in like workingmen's clubs and bars and places like that and playing covers. Um, you, you had no chance, really. Um, so maybe there was some truth in it then. But since digitalization and since things like, you know, YouTube and Spotify um, and Facebook, uh, Facebook Live and Twitter and Instagram, I mean, those are the channels that everyone is using, not just the, the music industry, apart from maybe Spotify. But, you know, everyone is using those channels. Those are the channels that we work with. Um, you know, those are the channels that our clients work with. Um, in all industries. So yeah, now maybe there is some secret source that I'm not aware of. Um, but I, I think it's probably unlikely that, you know, this, what I call like the standard digital marketing strategies and techniques wouldn't work um, for a musician. At the end of the day, you have a product and you're trying to sell it to some people. That's so true, man. It's so true. But <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know. But this—that's another topic for another day. Like, uh, like you were yeah, telling yeah, me yeah. earlier on before, in terms of mindset of musicians, like trying to get them to the artistic ones to understand this concept is a very—it's a challenge I have found. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, which is—it's it's disappointing. It's a little bit disappointing as well because, yeah. like, marketing is far easier than one is far easier than most people think but it's far easier than like the creative process and hard work and love that goes into creating really good music so i mean the the amount of time and effort and love that people have put into you know becoming accomplished on their instruments or in production and their songwriting 
you can put 10% of that into the marketing and become confident enough to make it work for you. So, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a shame that people have that mindset. It's so true. I was telling somebody the other day that it's easier to have a hit podcast than it is to have a hit song, you know, and Absolutely. it's yeah. so true. It's so true. But, you know, musicians are musicians. I am a musician. I, 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 I kind of get it. But, you know, <laughs> but it's... I, it. I mean, that was my, my mindset. When I, was, when I was 18, 20, um, all I wanted to do was play my bass guitar, yeah. sing in my band. Um, and, yeah, like, it was all about the music, man. Um, but the, the reality of the situation is that for the vast majority of musicians who are making original material... Um, you know, if you want to, to make any sort of money out of it, um, beyond just expenses for playing in someone's bar, um, you have to have a grasp on, you know, the, like a little bit of a grasp on consumer psychology, marketing, and the business aspects of, of being a musician as well. So true. I really like that, man. This is why I'm talking to you today because you're going to bring some <laughs> some common sense into the, into into this uh, topic. <laughs> All right, then. so we're going to talk about this whole um, concept of tribes. It's one that I've heard a lot, and I have I get it to an extent, yeah, but somehow I don't get it at the same time. But you know, we're going to talk about it. What would you say is a tribe? How would you define a tribe? Okay, so I guess just a little bit of context here. I know you and I were talking about um, this project a few weeks ago. Um, and as often happens when we have our chats, I come away thinking about it. And you make me think about things in a different way. And I was just, you know, on a run. And I was thinking about this whole idea of, you know, how, how more traditional digital marketing strategies can you know, would be useful to a, you know, you musician who's say got a YouTube channel, um, got some stuff on Spotify, it's creating great music, but it's having trouble kind of getting the, getting the idea, you know, getting the, getting it out there to people. Um, and the, the concept of a tribe, like it's, it's used in a lot of places. It's used a lot in digital marketing. Um, and maybe it's useful to start off what I'm, what I mean when I say tribe versus, when you talk about musicians, what you probably traditionally call a fan base. Mm. So the way I see a tr like a traditional musician's like fan base um, would be, you know, back in the, the 90s, not so much now, I guess. They buy the CDs, go to the shows, buy their T-shirts, mostly at the shows, talk about them to their friends, listen to them regularly, right? That's kind of like you're... you're well, I mean, that's not an average fan. That's a good, that's a really good fan, right? It's like I was a fan like that and I have been a fan like that for, for quite a few bands. Um, you can show you my T-shirt collection if you want. Um, so that's kind of what I think of as a traditional fan base. Now, that was great in the 90s. The problem with that is since, since the music industry has been digitalized, Music is now a commodity. I don't need to buy a CD. I don't need to buy, you know, vinyl or tape. I'm probably not going to buy the T-shirt if I'm, you know, unless I'm at the show. Um, obviously, the shows are still important to a lot of fans, but, but you know, up until 
and I, you know, I've read a bit about this, up until music was kind of digitalized, most of the money came from record sales. Now they've switched it. It's like, I'm sure everyone has noticed how much tickets cost for gigs now compared to 15, 20 years ago. And they haven't risen in line with inflation. I mean, like that's how most of them make their money now. So they have to tour a lot more um, and they have to charge more for the tickets, right? Um, obviously that's not available to musicians that haven't already got a large fan base. So that's kind of what I mean by a traditional fan base. Um, a tribe is something a little bit deeper than that. Mm. So a tribe isn't just someone who, you know, members of your tribe aren't just people who listen to your music on Spotify or watch your, you know, your, your music videos on YouTube, right? Those would be fans, but they're not members of your tribe. Members of your tribe would, you know, are interested in how you see other issues around music or maybe other things, you know, they, they feel like they are part of something with other members of the tribe, other fans of this artist. They feel like it's a community rather than they're an individual fan who likes this artist and listens to their music on Spotify or watches their videos on YouTube. So it's kind of more inclusive um, and the, the head of the tribe, the chieftain of the tribe is, is the artist. Um, some big band, most big bands have done this already with fan clubs, right? If you look at um, say Metallica, who are one of my favorite bands, they have members of the Metallica tribe and they've got a few million of them. They've probably got 50 million fans, right? More maybe even. They're like one of the biggest bands in the world. They've got maybe one or two million members of their tribe, you know, who, you know, buy their limited edition vinyls, buy the, their whiskey and their watches and like all the other stuff that Metallica have done to monetize. Like they're geniuses of this. Um, and they don't need a label, right? Metallica don't need a record label. They can do whatever they want. So um, a tribe, a member of the tribe is something deeper who's more involved than just the music. If you ask someone in the Metallica tribe why they love Metallica, it won't be just about the music, right? It's the artwork. It's the, you know, the, like how they feel about the members of the band on a personal level, you know, um, how they feel about the other people who are part of the tribe. So it's, it's one level deeper um, than just people who listen to your music, people who come to your shows when you're in town. Um, because, yeah, like unless people really, I mean, I can't remember the last time I bought a CD, to my shame. Um, I can't remember the last, I don't even think I have anything that can play CDs. Right? So, you know, and, and I know I'm not, I'm not alone in that. Yeah. Like physical, like physical music sales have dropped by what, 90% yeah. or yeah. more? So yeah, that's kind of what I mean by a tribe, is someone who has more, who has more like emotional investment than just, I like this band or I like this artist and I like listening to their music and I'd go and see them if they were in town or maybe the next town over. Hmm. Interesting. When you say emotional investment, what do you mean by that? So it's not like, I, so people have, uh, music is a very emotional thing, think, yeah. right? Um, so people can have emotional attachments to certain types of music or certain artists like make a certain type of music, 
right? But what I mean by emotional investment is, is goes further than that. And it's emotional investment in like being a part of this community mm. makes me feel good. Mm. You know, there's something other, there's something like the music is obviously the foundation of it, mm. but it's, it's not the totality of it, mm. you know, being part of this community. And, and we can, I'll talk a little bit later about ideas for how, um, like musicians can, can help people feel like they're a part of it. Uh, Cause I've had to think a bit, a bit of a think about that as well. Um, but yeah, they feel like it's part, they are part of something that's bigger than them. Mm. And they're, yeah, they, they're, they're emotionally invested in it as well. Same as you would be in a friendship group or your football team. Hmm. You know, people who like a football team, like we know we're in Leicester, like Leicester is football crazy, yeah. right? Um, the people that go and see the football aren't just going to see a good game of football. It's deeper than that. You know, you see the street, like strangers hugging when Leicester yeah. scored a goal, right? Yeah. It's deeper than that. It's, it's a, a feeling of being part of something together. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's what I mean by emotionally invested. That's a very, very, very interesting concept. I'm beginning to think, uh, uh, compare musicians and football teams right now in my head. And you're right, football fans or sports fans in, in general are a little bit, they, they, they connect, they follow their uh, teams differently, deeper than, say, uh, most uh, musicians will follow their Yeah, I guess. I mean, there are levels as well, right? Yeah, so, there's levels. I mean, yeah. there are some people, like I said, like the Metallica tribe, who follow yeah. Metallica as closely as a football fan would, as any yeah. football fan would. Right? Absolutely. Um, like it's telling when you talk about football, they will say, you know, we beat Sunderland on the weekend, right? We, like the language there is, True. this is something True. I'm a part of. This is a True. collaborative process. Mm. The, this isn't just something that's happening outside of me. Like I was there. This is part of who I am. I'm part of this. So that's, and it happens um, everywhere. I mean, if you look at, you know, spiritual leaders, mm -hmm. you know, like, it, I mean, the, the whole idea of having a tribe um, is, is a very, very old concept. Well, obviously, like, you know, this tribes came before current, you know, modern civilization. So that's kind of what I mean by that. Interesting. That's a very good point. If a, if a musician can do that or and somebody doing this as a side hustle, if he could somehow pull that off, create that emotional investment or get fans to feel emotionally invested in what he's trying to do, that could be a very powerful thing, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. awesome. So yeah, um, we've talked about what the you know tribes and the whole concept of tribes, and you've given some really awesome examples there. But I was just wondering though, why do you think it's a good idea to for a, an artist doing this as a side hustle? Why would you advise them to build a tribe for their music? So, I mean, I guess the simple answer to that is that. Um, fans you don't make any money from fans unless you've got a lot of them um thousands and thousands and thousands um so yeah i mean yeah that, that's basically it really if you 
if you want to 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 be able to monetize your music, um, then you need people that are more invested into you know emotionally invested than people who just casually listen to your music. There are lots and lots of bands that I really like um, that I've never given any money to. Mm. Um, just because I don't need to now. I can just, their music's on Spotify. I can go on there and I can listen to it. I can follow them on Instagram. Um, and I, yeah, you know, like they haven't played a show in my area and I haven't liked them quite enough to go somewhere else to see them play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they've never made any money from me. I mean, I'm sure they've made like maybe two or three cents from my, like, few hundred plays on yeah. Spotify, but you know, it's nothing. So the idea with the reason that, that an artist needs to build a tribe as opposed to a fan base or rather growing out from a fan base is that those are the people who are going to give you money. Hmm. Um, those are the people who are actually going to buy your CDs and your vinyls and your t-shirts um, and maybe sponsor you on Patreon or some other online platform. Um, you know, those are the people that are going to do those things. Um, and like I said, these days, unless this about more than the music, um, or then, or, or they're a diehard music fan. I mean, I know a, a few people, you know, like hipster, like actually metal hipsters, um, who really love music and will buy stuff that they like, especially by obscure bands on vinyl. You know, we'll buy picture discs and have gone expensive vinyl player, but we're talking about a very, very small number of people um, do that. So because they love the music so much, whereas if they feel like they're part of a tribe, they're more likely to then go and buy something on vinyl because a vinyl is a piece of art. It's not just, you know, music. Right. Same for CDs now. They have to be more like art. I, I've seen a lot of bands now um, doing uh, cassettes again. Mm, um, and really? Yeah, yeah. Especially like I listen to a lot of um, kind of indie punk. Indie is in independent, not indie music, but like punk music, underground punk music. Um, and a lot of those guys now are doing um, cassette tapes. Um, obviously not for the sound quality, but it's got some sort of retro feel to it and they're designed in a nice way and they you know like they're a piece of art um so the people who are going to be buying those things are either people who are really really into music or the people who really feel like they um belong to something and is it you can you can create the people you know you can you can create the the tribe you can't create the muso um so that that would be my you know my, my answer really is is simple. If you want to make money, you need people who are in it for more than just the music. More than just the music. That is such a good point because you said something there that really struck me. Like you know, you you listen to a couple of musicians, but you would not go see them per se. You know, and yes, true. I, I, there's a lot of musicians I've got on my sp uh, playlist as well. That huh, if they're performing, I, I I I don't think I'm even gonna go or even bother to go, but. Yeah. I mean, if they were playing up the road, I probably would. Um, Check them for, out, for yeah. quite a few yeah. of them, yeah. Okay. If they were playing up, yeah. If they were playing in town, I'd probably go. Okay. Um, but I probably wouldn't go to to a different town. Town to go see um, them. Okay. Okay. I mean, there there are levels, right? There are yeah. bands that I would, you know, there there are bands that I would go to London for. Um, huh. There's probably a few bands that I would go to Edinburgh or Glasgow for if they were playing there and not playing closer. Hmm. Um, just to get the chance to see them play live. And then there are bands that I'd listen to on Spotify, but probably wouldn't want to go and see live. Yeah. Um, 
And then, they, you know, there are bands that I would go and see if they were playing in Leicester, go and see if they were playing in Birmingham, go and see, you know, there are levels Levels, to it. Um, That's an interesting point. I mean, I guess for a lot of... The, yeah, sorry, I, I, I was gonna say though, what 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 would make you like the bands you travel to go see? Would you consider yourself part of their tribe? Is that so? There are a few, maybe two or three bands that I would consider myself part of their tribe. Okay, um, and I would go and see them if they played anywhere in the UK. Hmm. I mean, like with the Offspring, um, I've got all their CDs, hmm. um, bunch of T-shirts. Um, I've never actually seen them play live just because when, um, when I got into them, their touring schedule had already, when I properly, properly got into them, actually when I really got into them, I was kind of young and didn't go to gigs. Hmm. Um, and then I got into loads of the other kind of music and you know, like you do, you, you, you move through, through phases. And then when I got back into them, they were already in their forties and their touring schedule had significantly dropped and they were only yeah. playing at major festivals. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't like festivals I very much. Um, I don't like sleeping in fields and queuing for Portaloo and like that. That's not really my scene. So, um, I was looking in the summer, they're playing in Moscow. Hmm. Um, and my wife is Russian, as you know. Um, so I was like, do you want to go visit your sister? And I'll go and see the offspring. Like, so that's kind of, for someone whose tribe I'm in, you know, I'd go to Russia. Hmm. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, like that's kind of the, the, the difference, you know. And if they, if they release something, I'll generally buy it because I want to support them. Hmm. Not that they need a huge amount. They're all very, very wealthy guys. Um, that is interesting, though. I mean, you know they're wealthy, yet you still buy their stuff to support them. So, what are you supporting? If you ask, if if you don't mind me asking, um, I mean, a lot of it is when you like buy a T-shirt or, um, you know, uh, like I said, I, I've got all their CDs. Um, yeah. They haven't released one since 2012. Yeah. Um, they're all in my mum's house, actually. Um, because like I said, I don't have anything to play CDs and it's all on Spotify anyway. Um, but, um, it's more like, and and this kind of, it goes deeper than the tribe concept, right? But we've all got things where just having the thing gives us joy, rightly or wrongly. Like the Buddhists and Eastern philosophers would say that's a bad thing, but for, you know, for most people just having a thing, especially if it's something that's well-designed, and, you know, is by an artist that you really enjoy, just having the thing gives you joy. And the more you feel a part um, of that process, the more you feel a part of that band's, you know, like tribe, the more you're going to enjoy buying those things, the more likely you are to spend the money on them. Hmm. Right? Um, I mean, people people buy for emotional reasons. So, yeah. You know, you... Well, I mean, you say like, you know, you buy, like, let's take a, a silly example. You say that you buy toilet paper is a purely practical purchase. What? So why are there so many different brands? And why did people go crazy buying it a couple of weeks ago? That wasn't logical, rational thinking, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So every, you know, people have their own brands and like the marketing speaks to them, you know, more than the others um, for all kinds of products, almost all products. So, yeah, with, with music, it goes even deeper than that because, you know, that music for, for a lot of people, not all people, for a lot of people, um, um, you know, music gives them something that they can emotionally connect to more yeah. than most other things. 
I know that's that's true for me. I know it's certainly true for you as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very very interesting. Very very, and it's a it's a concept that I feel more musicians need to understand because. Mm-hmm. we are stubborn like that. We, we like to think it's all about the music. You know, our music is powerful, but it's definitely, well, if you, if you want to make money, if you want to monetize this shit, then it's definitely mm-hmm. has to be more than the music. It has to be about... I mean, like music is really powerful, right? And, it, and like, it's got to be the foundation of this. Of, of the thing, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if I think of the reasons why I love The Offspring, like... You know, I was listening to those guys when I was like 15, 16. Hmm. Um, and obviously loads of life-defining shit is happening around them. And that was one of the soundtracks to all that stuff happening. So there's a lot of like emotions and stuff bundled up within the music. But for most musicians, they're not going to get the chance to be around for those things. Because when you're 15, 16, you're listening to the popular stuff or the stuff that you've learned through friends. For me, it was like pop punk. Um, but it could have just as easily been, you know... Um, Oasis or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So most, most musicians on a, on a kind of non-global level don't really get a chance to be around, like for their music to be around during those like life-defining kind of um, periods. Yeah. So you have to kind of try and, I don't use the, manufacture, the word manufacture because music, musicians hate that fucking word. Um, but you have to kind of create an environment that's similar to that, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. It makes sense. All right, then. Now let's talk about some, I mean, we've talked about how important having a tribe is, but if you could share with us some practical ways that musicians could actually go about doing this, that would be awesome as well. So, um, Really what we're talking about when we're talking about building a tribe is, is two kind of separate steps. Okay. First one is um, acquiring fans. Okay. Because no one, and like this is going back to my earlier kind of definition of, of tribe. fans, um, because no one is going to become a member of your tribe unless they're first a fan of your music. Hmm. That's okay. kind of like that low level fan who listens to you on Spotify hmm. um, and likes your videos on and your music on YouTube. Unless, like, that's a prerequisite for someone becoming a member of your tribe. Hmm. Unless they dig you and, and what you're putting out, like, they're not going to join your tribe, right? So the first part of that is acquiring, acquiring fans. So there are, that's kind of, to me, that's where digital marketing comes in. So um, if I approach that from, a, like, a kind of classical standard digital marketing, um, like, viewpoint, um, there are two ways, right? There are two main ways. You've got paid and you've got kind of free or organic, right? Now, I realize a lot of musicians when they're kind of first starting out um, and they're doing this as a side hustle, they won't have a lot of money to to, to spend on acquiring fans. But there, there are ways that you can do it relatively cheaply. So um, obviously, we can't go into a detailed breakdown, like step-by-step process here, but just things for people to go and look into. Um, one of them is Facebook lead ads. Hmm. So with a, a Facebook lead ad, you can create a video um, and some copy, some text that people can, you know, they can watch the video, read the text, and then sign up to become part of a mailing list. And then you can start sending them emails and getting them to come to your YouTube channel or, you know, wherever you want to interact. And I'm guessing for a lot of people that will be YouTube primarily, maybe Instagram, uh, maybe Facebook groups. 
Um, so that's one way to do it. People can go and research how to do Facebook lead ads. Obviously, all these things require um, some knowledge and skill in marketing. But if you go and do a little bit of research, spend a few hours, like none of this stuff is particularly complicated. Um, the, the second way is people can use um, YouTube ads. Um, we've run YouTube ad campaigns in my consultancy um, where we've got video views for, you know, 10 or 20 pence each. Mm. Um, if you optimize for video views and people can kind of research how to do that. Um, and you can reach then, you know, maybe a thousand people or, you know, um, 2000 people with, with a couple of hundred dollars. Again, I don't know how much money people will have to put into this, but you know, it is definitely possible. Same with Instagram ads or that, although that tends to be a little bit more expensive. Um, but those are kind of the main channels that you can use for kind of creative, um, you know, like creative businesses, um, in terms of getting traffic, you need to be visual and you need to be, you know, auditory, especially obviously for musicians, right? Um, so those are some ways that you can do it paid. Um, and you need to put a little bit of time and effort and money, unfortunately, into it, but that can be successful. Um, one of the really important things uh, for using those channels, especially Facebook, if we just focus on that for a second, is that you need to have a very clear idea of who your audience is likely to be. So um, this is different for everyone, and I'm not going to go into a whole kind of spiel about user personas. I know you and I have talked about that before, you know, like offline length. But just as kind of an example, um, you know, if you have a 14-year-old girl and a 50-year-old biker, right? The 14-year-old girl is much more likely to be in just, into Justin Bieber and the biker is more likely to be into Iron Maiden or Metallica, right? Like obviously not true for everyone, um, this sweeping generalizations, but if you picked a random one out of the crowd, the chance, you had to put money on it, the chances would be, you know, that, so know who you're creating music for in terms of, you know, um, where they're from, how old they are, generally if they're male or female. Music tends to be really split. A Lots of kind of music tend to be really split amongst the sexes uh, for one reason or another. Um, obviously not always true. If you go to a Metallica concert, you'll see 80% males, guaranteed. Mm. And if you go to a Justin Bieber concert, um, you'll probably see 95% females. girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so have an idea about who they are, and that could come from your existing fans. Um, you know, or it can come from who, you know, you can test who you have in mind when you're creating this music. Um, obviously, there are other parameters you can use as well. So um, if your music is particularly political, um, one way or another, then that gives you an idea of the kind of person that you're aiming for. If you know that someone is very left-leaning, for example, you know what kind of, you can, you can research what kind of jobs they're more likely to do, um, where they're more likely to live, how old they're likely to be, um, which Facebook groups they follow. Um, you know, mm -hmm. for example, if you're creating, um, you know, like reggae music in the style of, uh, you know, Bob Marley, that's all about peace and love and equality. Um, there's no point targeting the, you know, a make America group, Facebook, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> make America great again, Facebook group. Right. So you can kind of, work out and, and like we can go into this at the later stage if you want and really get deeper in it at some other point but you know have a think about um who your audience is likely to be 
Um, and make sure when you're doing, if you're doing any sort of advertising, paid advertising, you've got your targeting um, drilled down a little bit. So you're not just showing it to everyone because, yeah, that's just a really terrible idea. Because uh, it costs you a fortune and you get nowhere with it. You want to be putting your music in front of people who are likely to like it. Um, so that's kind of on the, the paid advertising side. In terms of free, um, the main one I can think of is um, there are a bunch of Reddit groups um, that are focused on, well, I mean, they're, they're, there's a Reddit group with lots of users for every main genre of music. Um, so that's one start. And there's also Reddit groups for people discovering new music. Um, so you can go on Reddit, do a little bit of Googling around, find out which groups most suit your music. As long as you're not too self-promotional um, and you're not posting up all the time, talking about how awesome you are, or trying to, like, Reddit is a strange community where you can kind of allow to push yourself a little bit, but if you overdo it, you will get slammed. Um, they, they can be a mean bunch on there, so you need to be careful with it. Um, the best way to do it is to involve yourself in in, in um, discussion. So if someone else posts something up, listen to it. Give your honest feedback, and don't try and um, don't try and jam your music in there where it doesn't fit. So most of the most of the places, uh, most of the communities on Reddit will have guidelines about how which days you're allowed to promote your stuff or how often you're allowed to do it. Stick to the guidelines. Give other people feedback on their stuff, um, and get more involved generally with the community around the larger community around that genre of music i mean that's a great idea anyway because then that gives you your your market research about the kinds of people who are listening to that music and what they like and don't like about certain artists and certain songs and certain ways of doing things so that's kind of my main tip about you know doing it organically um or cheaply um Posting stuff up on YouTube and hoping people is going to find it, um, I don't see that as a strategy. Um, I don't see that as anything strategic. I think there's something like, you know, 95% of YouTube videos never get a single view yeah. um, outside of the creator themselves. Like there's yeah. so much noise on YouTube. Yeah. And it's really good for people to find you when they're looking for you or when they're coming through from a link from somewhere else. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the other ways, maybe some other ways to do it organically, kind of out of left field, so these are ones that we've used for tech companies, is maybe looking at Quora.com and see if people are asking some questions about that genre of music. Like they might be like, oh, who are the, who are the best new hip hop artists that I've never heard of? I guarantee someone has asked that question on Quora. Guarantee you, right? So maybe you, you, know, you can contribute there. And the whole idea with Quora is you're allowed to push your own content on Quora, but it has to be wrapped up in content that's useful on the site. Hmm. So you can say, um, you know, like for example, you can say, oh, like I'm a new hip hop artist. I've been doing this since blah, blah, blah. Like this is my music. If you, you can go and check it out and see if you like it. I also like this person, this person, and this person. These are the reasons why go and check them out as well. Hmm. That would be fine on Quora, right? because you're answering the question properly rather than just going, Oh, I'm a new artist. Check my shit out. Mm. Right. Probably get your, your, your comment removed for doing that. Mm. Um, so that's one area. Another one is, um, a lot of old, old school forums still exist. Right. So there will be hip hop forums. I know that there are punk forums. I know that there are metal forums. 
um, you know, just Google them and find a forum that's relevant to your music. The same rules apply. Don't just go there. And, and this kind of applies to the wider concept of a tribe as well. You're not looking to just take, mm. right? It should be you're going there to contribute, like same as your tribe. You're giving loads and loads to your, to your tribe. You know, you want them to give you 10 or $20 every now and then. But what you're giving them is worth a lot more than that. Same with these communities, you know. Um, go there. If you've got some expertise and some knowledge around a particular genre of music, which you will have if you produce that kind of music, music because yeah. that's what you love. Right? Yeah. So if I could go on to like a 90s punk forum and tell people about bands that they haven't heard about and, you know, like about gigs that I went to and, you know, like the personal lives of some of these people because – that's the music that I loved and I created. And the reason I created it was because I loved it. And the reason I loved it was because of the bands that I was listening to that I loved. Right? Mm. So same with the forums, Reddit, Quora, go there to give value um, and then link back to your music. So they, those are some ways that you can do it organically. Um, another way, a bonus way, because I'm a marketer, they always ask to do this, right? <laughs> is to, um, and, and this is something that musicians have been doing for a long, long time, but you can do it very strategically partner with musicians that have a fan base that always already relevant to what you do. Mm. Um, and there are lots of different ways of structuring a partnership. Um, but it needs to be mutually beneficial. So it's not just, Oh, you have some fans like play them my music. I'd really appreciate that. There are guys on YouTube. I guarantee you who are getting emails like that every fucking day saying, Oh, your fans would love my music. Please give me a shout out. They never do. Right. Cause there's nothing in it for them. So look at ways you can structure a partnership um, so that it would be beneficial to them. Like even if you only have, say, 500 fans or, you know, like a couple of hundred tribe members, um, you can go and say, look, you know, my, my fan base is small, but it's really engaged. Um, I talk about your music to them all the time because, like, I love it. I know that they would love it. Um, maybe some of your guys would be interested in my music as well. Um, are you interested in doing a collaboration? Or are you interested in coming on my podcast? Or, which is a really good one. I know that you're really hot on this. You know, are you interested in coming on my podcast? I'd love to expose you to my audience, right? Um, and, and, and partner that way in, in smaller collaborations. You know, they don't need to be the biggest band in the world, but if they've got 10,000 followers or 5,000 followers on YouTube and Instagram and their members are engaged and you think that it would be relevant, you know, think of some creative ways that you can to add a lot of value to them host, um, so that they feel to like they want to the show and everything we talked about um, today, and that's the foundation of the way that, you know, we do partnerships for tech companies. Podcast. It's always, it always starts with what can we do for slash podcast. It always starts Join us with next that. Time for so yeah, those, awesome those are some organic ways awesome that kind of, I don't know, you know, like shoehorned in from the traditional digital marketing kind of tech world. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't work. Like disclaimer, I've never tried them. I know you're trying some of them at the moment, Zabi, and you've tried yeah. some of them in the past as well. Yeah. Um, but they work in every other industry. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't work for musicians. <laughs> a great moment. You've given some really awesome tips, which is what I love, man, like practical tips. I, I am going to pick your brain. So, cause like you said, I am <laughs> big on, <laughs> I am big on partnerships and I'm testing out a lot at the moment with one of the guys I'm working with. And, you know, like you already said, one of the strategies I want to try is inviting other artists to come on your show and then 
going to some kind of a partnership after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like I learned a lot about that from you. So I know you do that in your other businesses. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, you know, we were we were doing something similar, but after we talked about it, I really went away and refined it and you know, like you know, they say that um you know, good marketers borrow and great marketers steal. Still, if, I, <laughs> if I come across a good idea and I think I can make it work, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that shit, you know? Um, so, so, I mean, so that's kind of the, the, the acquiring fan side of it, which, which I would call kind of more traditional marketing. So those are some ideas for people to go away and try. Um, you know, if you want more details on those, like we can do a, a yeah. show in future. Like obviously you know a lot about this as well. So guys, reach out to Zavi if you have more questions on that. He knows this stuff really well. The second part of that is, you know, how do you turn fans into tribe yeah. members? Yeah. Um, and so this comes from, so this really comes from collaboration, right? So, uh, I, that might sound strange at first, just like kind of just just go with me on this for a second, right? So okay. there are ways. So traditionally, what a musician would do, um, it, you know, with music, music is a very one-way process traditionally, right? I make the music, you listen to the music, right? Um, and that's kind of really good. And like I said, you you get people who are fans, lots of them if you're really good. And you get a few people who are in the tribe. But what are the people in the tribe doing? They join the fan club. What happens when they join the fan club? They get a bunch of letters and shit, and they get to join a forum. It's just for the fan members, the the, the, the fan club members. I'm going to use the word tribe from now on rather than fan club, right? So they get, you know, um, they have meetups with other tribe members, mm. maybe around gigs, maybe not even around gigs, right? Mm. I know that there's like a, a Leicester... Uh, sorry, a London Metallica um, kind of Facebook group and fan club. Those guys meet up, go to rock bars, drink beers, mm. chat shit. You know, like they they get access to early release tickets, mm. or they get like pre-release access to like I'm, I'm using Metallica as an example here, the watches and the whiskey and all that stuff. Or you know, they'll get sent limited edition artwork. Like there's there's it's more interactivity. They might get asked, there'll be competitions. They might get asked, you know, which cities do you want to come and see us play in? Hmm. Right. Now they've probably decided the tour cities already, but they can then go and say, Oh yeah, we listened to what you guys said. These are the ones that come out on top, you know, um, all the way to, you know, like we're going to release, um, uh, like a limited edition vinyl, um, we have these three sets of artworks, like vote for which one you like the best, mm. right? It's more of an interactive, collaborative process, right? The and that's how, people, yeah. Well, yeah, that's how you get people to, to feel like they belong to something. Mm. Like I said, they have to be a fan first. They don't like your music and they don't like the, you know, the, if they don't like your music and they don't like the cut of your jib and they don't like who you are, then it's not going to happen. So that's kind of the foundation. But once they a fan, there is, you know, thinking about how you can make this process collaborative. Like it's not just me doing the creating and you doing the consuming. It's like, we're part of this thing together. That's how you can start turning fans into tribe members. And there's some, so I've got a few ideas on how to do this, but I'm sure people can come up with loads of their own. Right. So 
The first one would be something like, uh, like, so there's a guitar company called Chapman Guitars. Okay. Right? And what Chapman Guitars did starting back like 10 years ago is run by a YouTube personality um, called Rob Chapman, okay. um, who started off as a guitar teacher. He now does lots and lots of stuff. He's a very successful dude. Um, a lot of controversy around him recently, but we won't go into that, right? But he's a successful dude. Um, and what they had the idea of is they would start a guitar company, partnered up with a guitar shop called Andertons, who are like the biggest music shop in the UK. They've got a very strong online presence, great YouTube channel. Okay. And they would do collaborative guitar designs. So all that really meant was we're going to build our first guitar. Which of these three standard shapes do you think we should go for for our first guitar? And people would vote. Um, and then the one that won was the one that went into production. They actually made that guitar. Wow. Right? So musicians could do something like this with um, <clears throat> just as an idea, like collaborative songwriting. So it could be something like, oh, hey, I've been you know, creating a lot of music recently. I've got these three or four chord progressions that I've been working on that I really love. Which one do you think I should develop into my next song? Mm. Right? And you throw that out to the community and, you know, invite them to comment on the YouTube comments or, you know, through the, through your email list or whichever way and start a discussion around it. Okay. Why do you like that? What do you think it sounds like? Like, you know, if, if I developed it, where do you think I should take it? And, mm. you know, this might be a difficult concept for some musicians to, to, to deal with because they want to have full control of the creative of, of process. The, yeah. If you do it in the right way, you still have. So if you've got three core progressions, you're going to turn into songs anyway, then whichever one you work on next isn't necessarily a big deal. And you're making a slight compromise in terms of, you know, complete creative control to allow people to feel like they're part of this process. Of process. Huh. That is very, very interesting, man. Hmm. Interesting. I like, I love that idea of involving them in the, in the creative process, like, you know, getting them to feel like, yes, we were part of making this. That is such a good idea. I think. So that's, so that's kind of, yeah, no, no, I was going to say, um, that's, I'm definitely going to try that, but yeah, carry on. (laughs) That's kind of one idea with it. Um, That can obviously be branched out in all sorts of directions. So um, you might, you've probably got members of your tribe or members of your fan base who are musicians themselves, you know? So you can run a competition where, you know, say you've got producers. I know that, you know, you're, you're a really good producer. Thank you know, you. Come up, as long as your kind of music fits, you know, come up with a backing track for me. Whoever wins the competition, I'm going to write the song over the, the, the track, right? Oh. Um, so if you've got, you know, if you've got a few thousand people in your fan base um, that you've acquired through the methods we talked about earlier, there's going to be 10, 20, 30 people in there who are decent-ish producers, right? So again, you know, like, and, and this, this only really applies to musicians who are putting a lot of stuff out, who are, who are you know, who are very, quite prolific and doing a lot of stuff. But I guess you need to be creating new stuff all the time for this to work anyway, right? But yeah, you can actually collaborate with some of your fans. Or you can start a competition where the fans vote on one of them and then you work with that musician to create a track. Or you can come up with a vocal line and have a competition for someone to create a track to go underneath it, right? Um, so that's kind of more the traditional sort of collaboration route. That's how musicians would collaborate anyway. Um, but it's making people feel involved. The easiest way to do it is 
getting people to feel like they have some sort of input because they're voting on something, right? It could be as simple as, um, you know, which of, I've been looking at these three artists online to do like, like visual artists to do a collaboration with online for my next CD cover or my next, you know, like vote for which one you think I should work with. Something as simple as that, right? Um, giving people some sort of input into their creative process, even if it's quite small, it can still be made to feel like they helped shape the direction that it went in, you know? And it gets people discussing one against the other, which is great, you know, you get the interaction there. People yeah. are like, oh, like, that cover is obviously way better. No, you full of yeah. shit, you don't know what you're talking about. This one is better, right? It gets discussion flowing. So that's kind of the, the more hmm. traditional kind of collaborative ways. There's other kind of more passive ways that can feel, it's like, it feels collaborative, but isn't really taking on their input. So for example, you could do a video where you broke down um, the writing process for a song that, you know, one of your, your, your fan base's favorite songs. Okay. So you can talk in video where you're just like, okay, well, you know, this is how I wrote the lyrics. This is the process I went through. These are the ideas I wanted to include. This is why I use this choice of words. Well, you, you know, depending on your kind of fan base, if they're quite musically savvy, you can talk about, okay, this is the core progression that I use. This is why I got the inspiration. Um, you know, this is why I changed to this particular chord, you know, at the end of this bar to give it this feel, um, you know, or even uh, like production, like this is how I produce this. These are the plugins that I used, um, et cetera. So that's kind of, it's not true collaboration, but you're giving people like, we, we call it like a, a, a peek under the kimono, right? So you're giving people uh, like a view into the creative process that you went through. Um, again, some people might think this takes the magic out of it. Um, but, you know, if we're all being honest, we know that there's very little magic. It's just inspiration and hard work, you know, um, and like trial and error is what really goes into writing really great stuff. So, um, that's a way to make people feel involved and, and feel like it's more than just your music. You're, you're like spilling your, you know, you're, you're giving us a look at what you had to go through to create that. Um, you know, I was one of those kids when I buy, you know, we used to buy CDs back in the nineties and they'd always have like the lyric book in the front. Yeah. You know, I was like lyric book straight out. Yeah. Like what are these lyrics? Like, like, what are they thinking? What are they, you know? Yeah, I miss that. So, you know, I miss that. That, that, that. That's the one thing. This whole digital age has taken away from us. The whole, the whole physical yeah, side of things. But uh, I just remember, I'd be like fourteen, fifteen, and like CD was like what fifteen pounds. Yeah, um, but like that's a lot of money then. You know, like that's like, like it took me. You know, like my mom would like maybe let me give me money to do that like once every six weeks or something you know you have to really think about what you want to you buy want to spend it on. yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it, it was an experience back then as in buying yeah, the track sure. and it's very yeah. interesting I mean, like, but mm. some people still do that i mean like i said i've got a friend luke he buys vinyl in the mail every like he's probably spends a couple of hundred pounds on vinyl each month wow. but he loves it he yeah. really really loves it like and that that magic has never gone away for him yeah most people won't be like that, yeah. but they, you can get them to buy something every now and then by making them feel like they're more of a part of it. Okay. So those are just kind of some ideas. Hmm. Um, 
I haven't thought about that too deeply. I'm sure if we sat down together and we really bashed it out for a couple of hours, we'd come up with a bunch more. Maybe we'll do that at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm guessing that the people listening to this are really creative types anyway. And if you just kind of think about what are, what are the ways that I can involve um, my fans um, in the creative process, either passive, actively or passively, um, to get them to be more likely to become tribe members. Um, and, you know, putting on my mercenary marketing hat so that they give you money. Um, <laughs> that they give you money. <laughs> I like the way you put it. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone's got to eat. You know, <laughs> true, true. Very, very true. Man, Sam, you've been awesome. Man. Like I expected this was going to be chock full of amazing ideas and tips and that's exactly what you've delivered man i'm i'm gonna yeah i i, I was like i'm gonna have to take special notes especially when you were talking about strategies on how to build their fan base sorry i'll try because i'm i've got all these ideas in my head and that will make people pay for a membership site or something like that and you, you have uh, you have uh, been giving out some really awesome value i think that's the that's the key man is yeah. you know take one of these ideas to start with um and this is i know you've done a lot of these you've done a lot of stuff yourself already but it's mainly for your audience i guess mm. you know pick one of those ideas um also one of someone else's ideas research it and, and try it out and yeah. put some work time and effort and some you know do the strategy and think about it but all i've all we've really done here between us is give a bunch of ideas ideas yeah um, the implementation is is the important part and implementing fast is really cool. Cool. so yeah. true awesome <laughs> so Sam we've come to the end of an amazing chat we're definitely going to bring you back on again because <laughs> you got oh, you got God. a ton of ideas in there yeah? we'd love to hear them but if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with you or just connect with you what's the best way for them to do that um well at the moment it would probably be through um your contact form okay so um if anyone wants to ask me questions um my my work email i use for my for my uh tech business so um, i'd like to keep that separate so but if anyone's got any further questions they want to hear us discuss any of this further um i just advise them to sign up for your mailing list get in touch with you um again you know obviously you know a lot of this stuff anyway kind of getting me on to talk about it from someone else's perspective so yeah, reach out to you, and if if anyone wants to do this again, um, either going deeper on one of these topics or you know exploring something new, um, then we can do that for sure. Brilliant, amazing stuff, Sam. You've been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It's no really worries, man. Thank you very much, mate. Have a good day. You too. <laughs>